Yeah. It's another Giles Peterson podcast coming out of Brownswood. N4. I've got a gardener outside who's just pointing at a a drill. As if to say, I'm about to start drilling your tree down. I don't think it's a very good idea. What do you think? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think this is the time. <laughs> Elan Mailer with me. Um, just about fitting into the studio. Yeah, no, I got, I got a good foot up here. My head. How tall are you? Six, eight, about. So we've only got one microphone and I'm five eight, so there's a foot's <laughs> difference. So we've got like uh, half a foot. I'm in between our feet, which has got the microphone. <laughs> Somewhere in between us, if you know what I mean. Um, great show yesterday. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. I really, um, I really enjoyed it. I d- it was really strange for me because I didn't really... First of all, I only live around the corner from the Vortex, which is where you were playing. I've only been there once since they've opened in one year, which I feel very guilty about because you have to support these spots, yeah. right? Yeah, as you should feel horrible about yourself right now and um ollie the owner made me feel horrible (laughs) at the end of the night um but um it was just great to be um local and to be in a nice room with a good sound um a very respectful crowd and suddenly when you went on stage with uh you on piano a fender Rhodes player double bass and saxophone i suddenly realized oh he hasn't got a drama so what's the crowd gonna make of that it felt like it took them 10 minutes just to kind of realise it wasn't going to be a funky gig. Right, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was, it was a beautiful vibe once, once, once they sort of settled into it. It was, uh, yeah, it was really respectful and really, uh, people seemed to be really tuned in and yeah, it felt, felt good up there. Yeah. Sure. First time I heard you was two summers ago. Yeah, two mm-hmm. summers ago. I was in um, holiday mode. And I was uh, driving through the um, Swiss German Alps with uh, my family. And uh, we stopped off in a nice little middle of nowhere village called Vals. And uh, I thought, oh, this looks like a nice spot to stay for a few days. And uh, went into this um, nice little hotel. And... uh, had a nice meal, had a, had a bath, um, you know, because they've got these incredible um, spa baths there. And uh, I had a meal. And then afterwards, everyone went to bed apart from me. And I went into the um, bar for a little late night um, digestif. Right. <laughs> and um, you were playing the piano. Right. On your own. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. And I was like, oh, this is really good. Is it because I've had too much digestif? <laughs> so I came back the day after. <laughs> And it was equally good. And um, so tell us, yeah, what, what were you doing there? Um, yeah, it's sort of a random, the random gig for me. I, uh, I've been uh, working there, um, doing summers there for a couple of years now. Just, um, just totally randomly through somebody's cousin's aunt's sister's hairdresser, <laughs> got the gig and uh, keep on expanding there. And they, it's beautiful there. It's beautiful. Big shout out for Vals, Thurm Bass, Peter Zumthor. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gorgeous out there, and they, they treat their musicians really well, and they don't they don't interfere with the music, which is really rare for that kind of gig, where they tell you how loud and, and how strange you're allowed to get. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just a lot of fun to play out there, and uh, as long as I have the right amount of digestives, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but when you have a residency in a place like that, you're there for, what, a week, two weeks? Um, last time I was there for a month, we did two two weeks solo and two weeks with my trio. I mean, there's not much to do apart from have baths right. and go for yeah. walks. Yeah, no, right. It's very, very mellow. It's really, um, yeah. That's that's the that's the entire thing: walking and and bathing. <laughs> and I'm all about it, man. It's <laughs> and you play and you play a lot and you work on your music, you know. And uh, and like I said, they don't you don't have to play anything specific, so you can really go wherever you're feeling to go. It's a great place to experiment and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the sound out there. I mean, you get out in the mountains, and the sound is gorgeous. I mean, like, it's it's inspiring. It's, it's really fun to do. So that's yeah. Vals in Switzerland. We're going to play um, the song, which I'm sure you performed that night that I was there. Um, it's certainly um, a track which I had up on my MySpace page for ages, and people were writing in a lot about it. It was a song called Scheme for Thought. Did you write that there? 
Uh, I didn't write it in Switzerland. But did you no. play it there? I did play it in Switzerland. That's where I remember it from. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so pleased you're here. Let's listen to this. Oh no. Hang on. Hang on. This happened last time, you know. I've got a dodgy CD player. But it's good because we can just carry on. This okay. is what happens. This is what happens when you come to Brownswood. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get gardeners with pneumatic drills <laughs> and you get um, dodgy CD players. But anyway, we're going to play off one CD and we can have gaps and stuff. It doesn't matter because this, right. this, isn't, this isn't BBC, right? Right, no. No, it's <laughs> loose, right? And uh, anyway, this is called Scheme for Thought.
it was kind of strange because um, there was a really great review in Time Out this week um, of your album. I wasn't really expecting so many reviews. Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, these journalists get bombarded with music all the time, reissues, and there's just a million new bands coming through and so many PR people sort of pumping all these journalists and stuff with material and whatever else. And... Uh, but it was great to see that some people who've obviously received the record amongst a pile of CDs have um, have put it on and, and have been kind of bewildered by it a little bit, I think. And he was writing a bit about the fact that everyone's just speeding out all the time and just to put something like this on was was uh, was just... Comfort. It was just great, basically. It was, it was, and you got that. You got that review when you actually landed in Heathrow, or right, right. It was, it was very exciting. I was walking around with my time out in my back pocket everywhere, sort of opening up to my page and, and scratching, uh, <laughs> dropping it on the floor in subways, seeing if anyone knows. It's a really calm record, and uh, I think it's sort of it really captures a certain um, atmosphere, which, um, in fact. Um, a friend of ours who was at the gig yesterday at the Vortex, um, Julie Allison, she was saying it doesn't sound like a, an American record. Yeah, that's, 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 I've gotten that a lot. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I feel like that. Uh, I feel pretty good about that, I guess. I don't, I don't want to sound like an American, <laughs> especially when I'm in Europe. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a strange thing. Um, I mean, like, there's a, definitely a New York sound that, that this thing is not, not about. But, there, you know, it's, it's, there's less of that it's sort of a dated concept, anyways. You know, there's so much going on in New York. There's so many different different things going on that 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 idea that you know, New York is so everyone ends up there and everyone leaves from there. So it's so so every sound is there. So it's you know comes out of that. One of the strange things whenever you go to New York is, when especially when I speak to jazz musicians or just musicians, period, is the fact that there isn't that much work it's real hard to get gigs right oh yeah no it's 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 very hard to get gigs <laughs> yeah no, no doubt um yeah people treat it like a jumping off point to other places <laughs> you go to new york and you meet people and you get your music together and then you go gig somewhere <laughs> so if i'm traveling in new york and i want to sort of go and listen to elan Mailer, where do i go where where would be the closest place that i could possibly capture the sort of sound that you give off you mean like for that kind of scene there's uh there's some cool spots in Brooklyn uh, that play play some pretty cool music. Um, there's a place bar Bess on uh, down in Brooklyn, which is um, to do it's eclectic and it's and it's a small room, but it's a really nice vibe. And they play some really beautiful stuff. Uh, Jenny Scheiman plays there. She plays with she's a violinist. She plays with uh, Bill Frizzell, Bill Frizzell a lot and uh, other spots. I mean, there's there's always interesting. I mean, like there's a coffee house like right around the corner from me called the Tea Lounge, and it's like a it's like a glorified Starbucks, but like there's killing cats playing for free in the corner, and it's which is great, which is great, you know. I mean, like 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 heavy heavy guys. Um, it's also a little bit depressing sometimes when you, <laughs> but, it's, but it's also great, you know, to uh, to hear them. But but uh, it's it's sort of depressing to drop a dollar in their tip jar. <laughs> you know, one of the songs that sounded really good yesterday. Um, actually, first of all, tell me who was playing saxophone. Tell me about the band actually, because they were the band that performed. Um, Yesterday at the Vortex, and we'll be performing in your UK shows um, yeah. in the coming week. Um, what's the quartet? We got Andrew Zimmerman playing tenor sax, um, and uh, it's Todd Hedrick on the bass, and David Moore playing the uh, Fender Rhodes. Um, and they are, yeah, really blessed to have these guys with me, and and uh, and they really, uh, I mean, the sound. Everyone keeps on saying, "Oh, you have this kind of sound, you have that kind of sound," and the sound is like, it's not my sound; it's the band's sound, and it's really, it's really. Um, it's the genesis of, of these guys so that, that makes that makes us sound non-American. <laughs> <laughs> and you've all known each other for quite a while. Yeah, for the most part. David David is sort of newer to the to group. I went to school with Todd and Andrew. Um, David, we sort of auditioned some guys, and David just fit in perfectly. And he, yeah, he, he's a monster. So it's he's really fun to play with. He's got amazing ears, which is which is what you look for when you're playing with two pianos. Is somebody that really listens, you know. So let's play this one. This was a highlight yesterday. Um, Amazingly, and I've done this so many times before, we didn't record the show yesterday. Right. <laughs> What's that about? But um, this 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 track really reached some nice peaks yesterday. This is um, the album version. The album is um, is called Scheme for Thought. That was the track you just heard the title track of. But this is um, the Pale Forty Fives.
so so good live and uh, I was sitting next to the boys from Two Banks of Four yesterday and uh, immediately they were like we'll do a remix of that <laughs> you know in a way there's a sort of Theo Parrish sort of thing going on there and and uh, and it's just made for further experiments in a strange sort of way I mean when you make a song like that the Pearl 45s how does it start off in your mind and how do you get it because obviously it's not something you can just jam out in a rehearsal room right, right. um yeah, well, with that one, with Pale 45s, it, the initial ideas came, like, like lightning fast, which which doesn't usually happen for me, but, I mean, like, I had, like, I had about three or four melodies that just sort of fell on top of each other um, at the same time, and then, and I was like, oh, we got a tune here, and then it was, like, you know, weeks, if not months, of, of reworking it and, and figuring out, you know, uh, figuring out uh, how this is all going to fit together and, and sort of the orchestration of it, and then... And then once you have that much, you pick it to the band and see see if any other ideas or uh, or little. Uh, I mean, we threw in like that whole road section was really David's idea, where where the um, everybody drops out and David has sort of this this sort of spacey uh, road solo. Um, yeah, with the bowed line on on top. So some some of that stuff we workshop in a band. 
I mean, it it varies so widely the way you write. I mean, uh, I think I based I based head trick off of a Chopin nocturne. The chord changes on a on a Chopin nocturne, and because I was learning this nocturne and and uh, playing through it, and then and then all of a sudden the beginning of the tune comes out, and then again you, you spend forever figuring it out. And then some of the other songs, like uh, like Christina's song, I think I wrote in like twenty minutes. <laughs> you know, it just it just it just comes out all of a sudden, which is just beautiful if it can happen. You know. <laughs> Where does classical music meet jazz? Um, Scheme for thought, <laughs> Brownswood recordings. There you go. Um, I don't know. I mean, like it's it's funny that that like people are sort of they call it like, you know third stream and in, in, in the fifties and sixties where where they're going more classical. But I mean, it always came from you listen to, like Duke Ellington, big band stuff. I mean, that's straight out of Ravel and Debussy and like all those all those chords and those those even like some of the orchestrations is it's it's right out of there. Um, so it's really not that not that far away. I mean, like easy answer is jazz swings, but you know. Not all jazz swings. <laughs> then, you're, then you're in trouble.
That's what you call vinyl, right? Yeah. That's, um, that's good. The Brownsville Basement remix. That's okay. good, that's good, that's good. Basement with Elan Mailer and uh, a couple of tracks that are not featuring Elan. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, it was uh, Peace Peace, Bill Evans, and uh, yeah, you just said to me that that version was actually meant to be an intro to a song. Yeah, that was it was the introduction, and and he, uh, from my understanding at least, is uh, yeah he started to play the introduction and then he started getting into it. And uh, Ben never came in, and then he got PSP. So. disturbance going on today here at the um, Brownswood basement that was Everton um, the tree cutter <laughs> knocking on the door and uh, slipping off um, Oliver Nelson now you wanted to play style of moments didn't you but we're playing this instead yeah no it's all good yeah this is good this is a little more uh, you know everyone's heard stolen moments I hope everyone's heard stolen moments you haven't heard stolen moments all of Nelson blues in the abstract truth you gotta go out and listen to it yeah we're assuming you have okay you've got five <laughs> albums five all time um, records that you've gotta um, keep in your record collection the rest is gonna have to go to charity which ones are you gonna save for yourself for uh, listening pleasure forever oh Jesus you can't just throw that on me man <laughs> <laughs> um let's see we got uh, Money Jungle, Duke Ellington, mm. Charles Mingus, Max Roach. Um, it's one of my first, my first piano album that I heard, first piano trio album, and uh, I'll never get sick of that one. Um, what else? Maybe Paul Blay, Open to Love, which is uh, solo Paul Blay stuff, and it's gorgeous um, and just dense, so you can listen to it for a while. See what I get. Um, Steve Reich to Helum, which is like this. Uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous, um, really intricate, crystalline music, sort of set to the sacred Hebrew uh, text, and it's it's um, 
Again, something you could delve into, so I won't get bored out there <laughs> for a while, man. Let's see what else we get. We get uh, Led Zeppelin III, because <laughs> uh, that's the greatest rock album ever made. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been a big Zepp fan since I was like 10. Um, and we need one more. What do we got? Maybe uh, I'll throw Bill Evans on there because uh, he was my first idol and I had like 30 of his albums. Um, it would be like maybe Undercurrent with Jim Hall, which was one of my one of my favorite albums. Just just gorgeous duo music. Maybe good. I can come up with another five if you want me to. <laughs> That's a nice five, <laughs> mate.
Yeah, brilliant. It get, gets better every time I listen to it. Oh, thanks, man. I remember first hearing it when I was... Um, well, I've heard bits and pieces with you, obviously, for the period that you were sort of getting it together. Right. And um, then we went to your apartment in um, Brooklyn with Kate, actually. Right. And uh, hearing it for the first time there, and it's um, it's getting better. It's atmospheric. And it was made quite quickly, the album. Yeah, we, I mean, we had three days in the studio, two days of recording, basically. So, so yeah, it came together. It came together beautifully. It was, it was, it just everything clicked when we were in the studio, which was great. Where did you record it? We were East Side Sound in uh, in Lower Manhattan, sort of Chinatown, basically. Yeah, Mark Roselli was our engineer, and he's he's fantastic. He was like a like a fifth man, member of the band, like really musical and really chill and really professional and just just fun to work with. And uh, a note to um, record label um, and A and R people. Um, who might be listening to this recording in New York it's cheaper <laughs> it's, it's a lot cheaper in New York somehow well yeah no it's a scary thought I mean depends what you're what you're uh, what you're used to I guess <laughs> I think it's the state of the dollar yeah. um, one of the great things about um, doing what I do and being able to work with people like you is to actually um, get put onto music to get turned onto music um, not just the stuff that I'm getting or used to listening to and uh you did a song on the album which was called Elvis Presley Blues, which was a, a version of a Gillian Welsh song. And I didn't know who she was until I was around your apartment, which is obviously shameful on my part. But um, tell us a little bit about her, because she's a bit special. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean I'm, I'm sort of a big fan. Um, a big fan of hers. I mean, I, I got this one album, this album Time to Revelator, was just... Um, I think my sister turned me on to it. I mean, again, it's, not, it's nothing I heard. I, I didn't hear it until maybe... Maybe a year, year or two ago, um, and uh, the kind of album that just got stuck in my head, like just brutally, like brutally. It was like wake up in the morning with 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 Elvis Presley blues in my head, and she's got a gorgeous voice, and she uh, she works with this guy David Rawlings um, for composing, and uh, yeah, man, they write perfect little tunes. I mean, just just um, just uh, really simple, and uh, the lyrics fit the the melody perfectly, which is rare, <laughs> and it's just uh, yeah, really really melodic. So uh, really fun to play as well. Let's check it out. I was thinking that night about Elvis. Did he die? Did he die? I was thinking that night about Elvis. Did he die? Day that he died Just a country boy That combed his hair Put on a shirt his mother made And went on the air And he shook it like a chorus girl And he shook it like a Harlem queen Shaking like a midnight ramble, baby, like he never seen, like he never seen, never seen. I was thinking that night about Elvis, that he died, that he died. Day that he died. 
went to Berkeley College of Music. Yeah, yeah, strangely enough. <laughs> strangely enough. Gillian Welsh and uh, Elvis Presley Blues. Listen, thank you very much. It's been really great. Oh, man, it's been great. Vibesing in and all that. And uh, I suppose by the time this is up, the shows might be over. Well, maybe not. What are your shows in London next uh, week? Next week? week, Tuesday, we're playing at the Basement Sessions. Okay. And Thursday, Jazz Refreshed. And then Friday at the Foyer in uh, Queen Elizabeth Hall. Okay, that is the very beginning of September. So if you're listening to this in October, you're a month late. Right. Um, and uh, But the album is available. It's um, it's out on Brownswood. It's, uh, is it out? It's out. It's out yeah, it's they, out uh, Tuesday. They were selling it in the concert hall yeah, yesterday. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we sold nine copies yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. that's good. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to just check this podcast. No, because it's not all on here. <laughs> Obviously, um, where to, to sell some records there, uh, Giles? Um, now, um, after this, it's going to be um, what's, what kind of record do you want to do next? Are you going to do the same thing? Are you going to add some drums? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking about mixing up the instrumentation a little bit. I'm. Uh, I'm really open to uh, to what comes, but uh, vocals. Yeah, we could do something with vocals. Maybe with Jose, mm. Jose James, do something with that. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm I'm down to get out there and try try whatever comes, you know. Great. Well, listen, have a good stay here. I'm looking forward to the more shows and a New York show as well. Yeah, hell yeah. Possibly in November, and uh, that'll be good. And um and yeah, yeah and beautiful. The future. <laughs> Thank you. All right, man.